J.D. John, F.J. at OffBeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon History Podcast. It's Monday, so this is an archive show. First published as a newspaper column sometime in the last 10 years. Thanks for downloading, and I hope you enjoy the show. This story was first published on June 10th of 2012 under the headline, The Mysterious Demise of the SS South Coast. What Happened? Here we go. On a calm day in mid-September of 1930, a small steam schooner put out of Crescent City, California, bound for Coos Bay with a crew of 18 men and a 250-ton load of logs. It was never seen again. The ship was the SS South Coast. On that day, three decades into the 20th century, she was already a historic vessel. In a sense, she actually predated the steam schooner era, In 1887, when her keel was laid, all steam schooners were actually sailing ships retrofitted with steam engines. The South Coast was one of these. The fact that she was still working, 43 years later, near the end of the steam schooner era, was unusual. But however great that might have been for a historian, for a sailor working on that ship, it was bad. Very bad. Wooden steam schooners, after a couple dozen years in the water, usually became waterlogged as the seawater percolated into their hulls. When that happened, they lost a lot of both flotation and strength. By all accounts, the South Coast was plenty waterlogged in 1930. In fact, the word in the Coos Bay area was that she was barely seaworthy. That should not have mattered. It was early autumn. The weather was mild and calm. But as it turns out, it did. The first sign of trouble came on September 17th, when the freighter Lake Benbow reported by wireless that it had spotted an empty lifeboat floating on the sea with the South Coast's name stenciled on it. There were no oars in it, no sign of any food or water containers, it was just the bare hull. Now, a lifeboat floating in the ocean is a very bad sign. Lifeboats are secured to ships very carefully so that high winds and boarding seas can't easily carry them away. If a lifeboat is in the water, there are only two possibilities. Either somebody launched it, or tremendous force was applied to the ship that it was attached to. Everyone hoped for the best, but all hopes for a harmless explanation to this find were dashed by the next report, which came in soon afterwards from the oil tanker Tejon. Quote, Numerous logs floating over large area, the Tejon's radio officer reported. Also ship's deckhouse and other wreckage, positioned about 30 miles southwest of Cape Blanca, Oregon. An intensive search for survivors ensued, spearheaded by a Coast Guard seagoing tug, the Cahokia, as well as a number of aircraft. They soon found the debris field all right, and two of the ship's lifeboats were adrift in it, again, completely empty. No people, no food, no water, no oars. After looking them over, the Cahokia sank the two lifeboats with its deck gun, which was a standard practice at the time as they were considered to be hazards to navigation. It also sank the deckhouse. No further clues were found, and no bodies were ever recovered. So what happened? Theories started flying around almost immediately. Perhaps some suggested there had been an at-sea collision. But no other ships had reported such an incident, and no other ships were missing. Perhaps the ship hit an uncharted rock, others posited. Well, but the debris field was found so far offshore that this was very unlikely. There are also what author David Grover refers to as the X-theories. 
the highly unlikely ones. One such theory might be a sudden, very small, very intense storm of a type similar to the famous Columbus Day storm that pounded the Willamette Valley under clear blue skies in 1962, or the one that sank most of the Columbia River fishing fleet in a one-hour burst of mayhem in 1880. Another possible but unlikely theory was a sudden burst of seismic activity on the seabed under the ship, of the sort witnessed by two schooners off the coast of California in 1895, which caused a violent explosion of water above it. Depending on the depth of the water, it's possible that such a sea quake could have delivered shockwaves powerful enough to break the old tender ship apart. But none of these explanations account for the fact that no bodies were ever recovered, nor for the fact that at least two of the ship's complement of three lifeboats were somehow launched but stripped of oars and provisions. There is one possibility that makes sense, and there's actually some evidence to support it. Scant evidence, but evidence nonetheless. It's a boiler explosion. Boiler explosions in 1930 were about as common as chicken lips. During the pre-Civil War heyday of river steamboats and railroad locomotives, when, back when these powerful and dangerous appliances were being assembled and operated in ways that substituted competitive recklessness for engineering expertise, well, boiler explosions were a big enough problem that the government actually got involved. It formed the Steamboat Inspection Service in 1852 to deal with them. The new agency did a yeoman's job, and by 1887, when the South Coast was built, boilers just didn't explode anymore and the one on the south coast had been working just fine for three decades. But the ship was grossly underpowered. Its engine put out just 190 horsepower. That's about the same amount produced by the engine of a 2012 Chevrolet Malibu. But instead of a one-and-a-half-ton automobile, it was muscling around a 301-ton freighter. This poor hard-pressed engine had been running at full throttle day in and day out since it was first installed in the ship. Metal fatigue is a real possibility under such conditions, and the ship was fully laden when it blew, so the power plant would have been working hard. Furthermore, a group of Gold Beach residents reported seeing a blue flash on the horizon, followed by the sound of a distant explosion on the night the ship vanished. This could explain a number of things. Photos of the south coast show two lifeboats on davit cranes atop the aft end of the deckhouse. The boiler was situated beneath the forward end, had it exploded and taken the deckhouse off the ship, it's entirely possible that those crane arms might have been broken off, releasing the boats. The residents saw the flash at night, at least after sundown, so most of the crew would have been inside the deckhouse at the time, sitting ducks. Many, if not all of them, would have been severely mangled by the blast, which means there would have been plenty of blood in the water to attract sharks, which could explain the fact that no bodies ever washed ashore. Such a blast would also have removed the upper works, deck, deck load, mast, stuff that would float from the waterlogged timbers of the hull, which would not. Well, it's a theory. But to prove or disprove it, a person would have to look at the evidence, and the evidence was all shelled and sunk by the Cahokia's deck gunner, so we'll never really know. Key sources in this story have included works by David Grover, Gordon Newell, and DeafWhale.com. That's our show for today. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. What you've been listening to is one of more than 500 stories originally created and published as newspaper columns in first-run syndication between 2008 and today. You can read them all at offbeatoregon.com. Other Offbeat Oregon goodies include an active Facebook page, a Twitter feed, a ton of historic photos, and a bunch more stuff, plus a book. 
including visuals for today's show and full citations to sources. All these things are accessible via our hub page at offbeatoregon.com. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details, see offbeatoregon.com slash cc. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Facara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Questions, critiques, ideas for a future episode? Email me at fj at offbeatoregon.com. Episodes of Offbeat Oregon History are uploaded around 6 a.m. every weekday, so the next one will be on your device and ready to go before you know it. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now. Bye now.